0% APR credit subject to acceptance. <clears throat> oh no, sorry, wrong country. Anyway, nice to have your country. Nice to have your country. It's nice to have anything this morning. Anyway, trust you well. Thank you, Anthony. Sounding as good as he did before he went away for five weeks after that huge lottery win. Fantastic. I'm all in favour of that. I love the story about the lottery win in the paper today, which is the bloke who uh, won 56 million. The wife walked out on him years ago, but still took him to court and got two million quid. That and the fate of the miners, the royal wedding, those little pedicabs, which I've never been in and have no interest in going in whatsoever. Oh, and we went to Oslo. Did we mention that? Details in a minute. Nice. Morning, team. He does sound better, doesn't he? He sounds better. You'd, exactly the same size. I thought you'd be thinner. I, um, put on weight. Oh, did you? About half a stone. A little bit sort of Claire Nazir, as we call it in the yes, business. Yes, yes, I'm a bit little, Claire Nazir. A little bit Claire Nazir. <laughs> look, at the, look at these cankles. <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget the fourth. Oh, yeah. I'd remind you. Mm. So it's not this Saturday. Saturday after. Is it the following school? I'm having my uh, toupee dry cleaned. For the oh, moment. are you? Yeah. How nice. I dropped it on the floor last time. You're going to be wearing it. Uh, yes, of course. Yes. It's winter, isn't it? Yes. Well, it, well, it is. Yes, absolutely. But they, they've got the International Magic Convention this weekend mm. down there. Are you going to that? I think I shall nip down probably on the Sunday and have a quick look at the dealers. When are the lights going on at Twickenham? Well, I don't know. I'm not doing them this year. I think the Harlequins are doing them. I think I might go down. Really? A friend of mine's been invited. Maybe you'll come too. Why? Why? Been invited for what? Well, just we soak it up. Soak up, soak up the atmosphere. Well, of course, next Thursday it's the Christmas tree in Trafalgar Square. Yes. Well, now you've brought it back. Now that I brought it back, and now I have a vest. I've marked it to make sure it's the same tree. Yeah. I'm not having any of this messing around. Knee deep in blooming snow. And didn't they say they needed a fairy for the top of it? <laughs> I said, well, frankly, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who's prepared to. That reminds me of a very funny joke about the fairy on top of the tree, actually, but it's non-repeatable. Anyway, nice to see you. And you. So, we, we, we have earmarked your own dressing room, but we've put you near the stage. Just as well. Just as well. So, so you, you don't have to walk. <laughs> Poor soul. Ta-da. See you tomorrow. Bye. Anthony Davis is back tomorrow on LBC 97.3. Do you know, it's been the fastest 24 hours in living memory. It has been very, very fast. It's a case of drive to Gatwick, big silver bird. Up, It's, it's only two and a half hours, and on the way back he did it in two in fact, actually, did it in less than two on the way back. I think it was about an hour and three quarters. Very, very quick. And, uh, and it was lovely. I just wish it wasn't Gatwick Airport. It's just a long way out for me. Heathrow is so much more convenient. But uh, we, we did it. And, and as soon as we flew in, I was talking to Joe, the, uh, the PR lady. And we're looking out. Over, uh, and I'm going, I think that's snow. And she goes, do you think so? I'm going, well, it looks like snow to me. And she's going, I think it's water. And at that moment, we saw a car driving through the middle. I said, oh, look, a car driving through the middle of the water. I said, it's obviously a miracle or something. And she went, oh, no, it's a bridge. It's a bridge in the snow. And then we saw a lot more snow. And then out of town, because the airport in Oslo is about 40 minutes out of town. And there was snow everywhere, and that was nice. And then yesterday, and it doesn't seem possible, it was yesterday, we got up terribly, terribly early, trekked out uh, of Oslo. So pretty. And everything empty, empty. You come here, chock-a-block. Oslo, empty. We did hit a, bit of, hit a bit of traffic on the way back to the airport. And we go out into the forest. And I'd already said to her, I said, do you think there'll be snow? She said, oh, there is snow. That's absolutely. And uh, the tree that we've, we've picked for you is very nice. Even as I speak, uh, it's probably on a container ship. And they'll look after it and bring it over here. And it has to look good all the way round. So when you see it, somewhere on the tree, I've marked, I put the little mark. 
so I know it's my tree. <laughs> don't want anybody else to take credit for this. And, uh, and then next Thursday, they'll be doing the switch on in Trafalgar Square, um, which will nip down there as well. So I just, so it, it, I, I kind of feel responsible for it. Because we've sort of looked at it, and, and we sort of... I mean, at the last minute, to be honest with you, I was about to change my mind. And I remember standing there looking at it, and I went, I don't know, that one over there looks a bit better. Well, I mean, the Foresters, I mean... And so I thought, well, I better not go down that route. So I said, no, all right, it, it, it'll do, it's fine. But, but contrary to what people think, you don't cut it down and it falls down. You cut it down, first of all, you do the, the, the axe and the saw, and then they, they chainsaw it, because it's suspended this tree. It has to be... And they lower it to the ground. It's the, I think it's the biggest one I picked this year. 27... 26 metres. And 26 metres, they're going to have to chop a bit off the bottom. They've already taken some off the bottom anyway. But they'll have to take a bit more off because it's a bit too tall. But it's still nice anyway. Covered in snow. I should be mortified if the snow has uh, not arrived with it when it arrives. It'll be just a little puddle of water. But we were knee-deep in snow in the forest and probably tomorrow morning we'll, we'll, we'll give the photos... To Adrian later on. We might we might split them up as we did with Julie Andrews and do sort of some this time and the some perhaps in a week's time. And then you can have a look and then you can see we really did do snow. And and it was very, very pretty. Bloody cold. I can't tell you how cold it was. It was so funny because I've done Lapland before, so I know what cold is. When they say it's gonna be minus six, which is what it was yesterday, and that's actually not a bad day. They they've had minus thirty out there, and I was talking to the mayor of Oslo, my new best friend, and was not chatting away, and uh, he said, oh, it's not, not so cold. He talks like that. It's not so cold today, but, but it's still cold. And your feet go. But there was one bloke there, I shall, I shall omit from mentioning him, but he didn't have the proper cold weather gear. He was wearing trainers. Now, to be honest with you, with the best will in the world, when you've got a lot of snow, and this is a lot of snow... And this is not even their snow season. They, they normally wait till a bit into December, and they reckon there'll be another six feet of snow out in the forest. And people go hiking and they walk, and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it really is. Every, every tree, as you see in the, the pictures, it just looks like somebody's dusted it with quite a lot of icing sugar. And he was wearing trainers, but, and then it was telling us that he was going off to Lapland to do something over there. And I thought, you're going to freeze to death. And he quite clearly took it on board, because yesterday he went out and bought himself a very, very warm puffer jacket, because it is freezing. You know, and you're standing around, they build a fire in the in the middle of the forest for you, so at least we had that, and we had food and sausages, and you can toast your mushrooms and do all sorts of things out there, and the chicken and apple, like an apple strudel-type cake, really, really nice. And, uh, and this hot coffee, which they, they bring around. So it was, all in all, it was, it was like, just fast. Just fast. I mean, a lot of standing around, we had some kids uh, singing, uh, from the international school, and then there was another school, and then there were three uh, school children who've come from a school in Islington, so we chatted to them, and you'll hear the results of that in a future programme. So all in all, very nice, but very quick. Hotel, fantastic, the grand. You can check it out online, right in the middle of Oslo. And I had the room next to the Barack Obama room, uh, which was very... Although I couldn't get into it, because my card... It was absolutely right next door to it. Yeah, I was 260, and then... You went there, and that's where you had the glass of champagne. Not that you'd remember by that time. She was well gone for most of the trip. It has to be said. And then we, we did raid the mini bar, and uh, well, a little half a bottle of shampoo. Yeah, very nice indeed. And then, of course, yeah, me and my dressing gown. <laughs> and uh, it was all very nice, actually. It was all very nice indeed. She then raided my bathroom, because it was bigger than hers. And uh, so she always comes back with everything. 
She, you know, if, if she could have taken the television off the wall, she'd have taken the telly off the wall. But luckily, she didn't have a big enough case. Well, she did have a big enough case. It just didn't have any room in it. So, all in all, very nice. But snow everywhere. And it's very... If you've never been to Oslo, you should go. I warn you now, it's not cheap. The one thing that's really... Yes, I mean, apart from the fact it's blooming freezing. Uh, the one thing that's expensive, booze is very expensive. And, um, and food... Food is actually quite... Pr- for, for what it is, food is... Ca- a lot of fish. A lot of fish. I don't really do. I'm not a fish kind of person. But it was, it was really good. A little bit more, more uh, relaxed on the Julie Andrews trip, doing the Sound of Music, as opposed to the uh, In Search of the Steve Allen Christmas Tree for Trafalgar Square, which was... I can't believe we did it all in 24 hours. I mean, our we're still alive, Lord knows. And it's just... I mean, it doesn't even feel like we've sort of, we've sort of been... I can't remember... Going, I can't remember how long it took to do everything now because we spent we spent most of our time sitting on luxury coaches. I mean, th- this this coach turned up to collect us from the airport. It was only us on it. It was like a coach that held sixty people, and there's just us there. But very nice, you know, very nice facilities and the hotel was lovely, and um, all in all, very very nice indeed. Cannot complain at all. So now we're back into the thick of it, and uh, the newspapers are full of stories from. I suppose yesterday, because you've already heard on the news about the miners, and they've now said, which is what we feared, I think, from the moment they announced the other week when they said they weren't actually getting anything back from them, there was no response, uh, they hadn't heard anything at all, and because of the gases, and we then thought, well, hopefully, if they're going to go, they they would have gone with, with that, but now they've said that there's been a second blast in the mine. So I'm thinking if there's a second blast, there must be some sort of electricity down there which would, which would trigger off the explosion with the gases. The, uh, the families have been told now. I think that they've, they've pretty much resigned themselves, the owners of the mine, that there is no hope of survivors. There's now been two major explosions down there. The gases alone could be enough to kill somebody. All, the, uh, all that they can do now, I suppose, is, uh, is get the guys out, two of them from this country. And, uh, and all the other families will be waiting, but it's not exactly the best Christmas present that they've been waiting to hear. I suppose you always cling on, don't you? And you always think, ah, oh, you know, something, something. There will be, you know, a miracle. Something somewhere will happen. They managed to get the Chilean miners out. Perhaps they can do the same. Unfortunately, the Chilean miners didn't have to put up with, uh, with the, the gases down there, which is what they've got in this particular mine. So they're saying there's no hope. It would be a sheer miracle, wouldn't it? If, if somebody actually was alive after all of this. But uh, you'll hear about it first on LBC, and we'll have some updates on the news at 5.30 and, uh, and 6 o'clock. Uh, plus, we take all your texts and emails this morning. Jonathan Lee via BM. We'll have a chat to Darren a little bit later on. And uh, guess what? Either celebrity lurches into yet another disaster. Brian has said he wants to go back to Westlife. Westlife have politely told him, not really interested. Uh, Gillian McKee faking it in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Nigel Havers has walked from the programme. Uh, the one person he can't stand, he said, is Lempidopic. He said he's like a five-year-old. He said how this... Ma- he said he, well, he thinks he's going to stand for Mayor of London. He said the man's an idiot. Well, we could have told him that before he went in there. Gillian McKeith does appear to be faking it. And uh, as Jane Moore says, she's going to come out of the jungle with no credibility whatsoever. Trouble is, as, as everybody else will point out to you, she went in with no credibility. So it's not exactly going to be emerging with any glory whatsoever. A rather silly, pointless little waste of space. But, uh, but the one thing you can be sure of is that we'll dish it out here on the programme. And, of course, uh, William and uh, his lovely bride, Katie, it's going to be April the 29th, and you're all invited.
So they're going to get a day off. It's a Friday, so that's good news, isn't it? And it's Amanda's dad's birthday. So, like, we'll all be forgetting that one quite quickly, won't we? Because, Lord, well, you will be, because it's going to be... It's, I can't help being mean to your father. We're not interested in his birthday. It's William and Katie's day. We're not exactly putting up flags for your father, are we? Oh, you will. Oh, God, of course. Little Danish flags. Little things like that. It's quarter past five. News headlines, a second blast at that coal mine in New Zealand where 29 men are missing. Rescue teams admit it's unlikely any of the group, which includes two men from Scotland, will have survived. Thousands of students protest through London later against plans to raise tuition fees. Two weeks ago, a similar protest ended in violence. Almost 70 people were arrested. And expect a big shake-up later when it comes to the way our schools are run. Tough new achievement targets are expected to be set, and there'll be a reduction in the number of GCSEs taken as modules. Let's have a check on the roads this morning. Here she is, our little ray of sunshine. It's Jay Louise. <laughs> Thank you very much, Steve. This morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Nothing like the attention-seeking Gillian McKeith. Apparently, she's now saying in the jungle she's pregnant. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, she's... They're, they're, what they're actually saying is she's faking cracking up so that they'll all go, oh, it's, it's an attention-seeker. And that's right, you still get paid. She's also been telling people she's hearing voices and she thought she's picked up rabies. So what she's done, and she's gone in quite clearly, this fake, and she's just come up with everything so she gets the coverage in the newspapers. Brian McFadden, they say singer, Brian. I don't think so, sweetness. And anyway, he has begged Westlife to let him rejoin them so they can challenge Take That in the Charts. don't want to break this to you, Brian, but they can challenge Take That in the Charts quite easily without you. And apparently, Brian, who quit the Irish boy band in 2004, tweeted, I had a dream... I was back on stage with the boys. Yep. They had a dream too. And the dream didn't involve you at all, Brian. They had a dream that they were up there and you were back in Australia with uh, with Delta. Is it Delta Good Delta Goodrun, isn't it? Sounds like an aircraft, doesn't it? Today we're flying Delta Goodrun. Uh, Kian Egan has said he doesn't live in this country and he's not in the music industry anymore. I think that's an indication that uh, the answer's no, Brian. I thought we'll sort of break it to you a little, a little bit gently this morning. Pages and pages of... Uh, of, of the wedding, and who's going to be doing what, and who's going to be covering it, and it's it's going to be good, actually. It's going to be good. I, I love the way that um, that we've all been told we're going to be given a day off. I don't want a day off, actually. I'm quite happy to work in the morning. We won't get a day off, will we? And guess what? Shane Ward has accused the boy band One Direction of... Come on. Where did you hear it first? Miming. You see, they do mime. And and I just feel you're being cheated on this programme. It's it, Not on this programme, but on, on that programme. Because what, what you're hearing is not them singing. Because if you heard them singing, they'd have been kicked off weeks ago. As it was, we had Cher did her... She did a fantastic breakdown with the crying, but without any tears the other way. When it was her and Paige. And we knew damn well Paige was going to be kicked... I feel as I've been away for ages. And we knew damn well Paige was going to be kicked out. But we had to go through the charade of, uh, of Louis Walsh sitting there going... Well, I can't decide, I can't decide, I can't decide. Oh, get on with it, for goodness sake. It doesn't take that much. You know you're going to kick him out and keep her. But um, it's very interesting that uh, he says talk of the band lip-syncing is rife on the internet. Well, of course they are. Of course they are. As we've said to you time and time again, I don't think Steps ever performed live in their life. I don't think S Club 7 ever sang live. They might have had one lead vocal... Because sometimes what, what they do is that they'll have one mic open. But uh, on, this, on this boy band, One Direction, they'll do their one line, which they sing flat, and the rest of it is lip-synced. Which is not good at all, is it? 
Stars have pledged support for uh, Wagner. As it emerged, he's going to sing Radiohead's hit Creep this weekend. Justin Bieber, Katy Perry and Ollie Murs all back the Brazilian. <laughs> right, and uh, an old MacDonald had a farm as well, I suppose. Why would you ask Ollie Murs anything? The flattest man singing on the planet. If Simon saw him appearing, as I said the other day, and it seems weeks ago now, uh, heard him singing on the T4 programme, you'll have really, don't ever let him sing live again. It was a total disaster. Good news is that Jill Halfpenny has vowed to take all her clothes off if Anne Widdicombe wins Strictly Come Dancing. How lovely. Uh, as somebody says, says though, one of the columnists today, they said, very funny Anne Widdicombe, but now they think the joke's worn a little bit thin. They say, listen, how many times can you drop the fat bird on the floor and spin around? It's been done, and, and they're not over keen. Jane Moore, also very interested in, um, in Nigel Page. Nigel Page won 56 million on the lottery. OK. Now, he has an ex-wife. She dumped him... Ten years ago for another bloke. Ten years ago, this money-grabbing old witch leaves him, having gone off with another bloke. So, quite rightly, and because he has, he has a daughter, I believe, he says, look, I'll give you a million pounds. Oh, no, not enough for money-grabbing Wendy. She goes to court to take him for two million pounds. And as Jane Moore said... You know, I hope it brings you nothing but misery, love. We were told something the other day, very interesting. When we went to Oslo, they showed us around the Nobel Peace Prize Centre, which is very, very interesting, and we were talking about the money uh, that they give away because they every year when they award the, uh, the Peace Prize, people get invited over to Oslo, there's a ceremony, they get this beautiful medal, and they get a big sum of money. And we ask, quite rightly... Um, what do people do with the money? And 99.999% of people uh, put the money to their good cause. So if they've been, you know, saving refugees or whatever it happens to be, that's what they put the money to. There were only ever two people who went out and bought fur coats and started living the high life. I'm not going to tell you who they were. I'll save it for you. But it was two women who won, and they went out, they, they put the money straight into their bank accounts, and they bought fur coats and started leaving the Hyde life, because they were mixing with the dignitaries and they wanted the high life. But nobody else has ever done that before. They wanted to fit in, so a fur, a fur coat was it. My mother used to say a joke about fur coats, but uh, anyway. Um, so, um, here is Nigel Page's ex-wife, Wendy. Uh, you know, ghastly. I mean, fancy going to court, he's offered you a million... You know, you dumped him ten... Oh, I've told her to go whistle. I can't understand how these courts work in this country now. I really... Get it. I just find it absolutely amazing. Uh, Nigel Havers, she says here, has flounced out of I'm a Celebrity because his wife wouldn't want to see him wearing prison gear. And Jane Moore quite rightly says, a ludicrous enough excuse without considering the fact he's chosen a profession which, if embraced wholeheartedly, might require him to wear any number of daft costumes at any given time. I mean, that's what you do if you're an actress, isn't it, Nigel? You dress up. And we could only assume you must have got to that stage where you really felt like chucking your whole career in the air and joining I'm a Celebrity. Because we all thought, you know, just come out of Coronation Street. Perhaps, perhaps it costs a lot of money to be Nigel Havers. I don't know. Must do, I suppose. Then there's another bloke here. This is uh, Donald Kinsella. You must have read this one. This is the bloke who successfully sued his employers for, wait for this... <laughs> £8.5 million pounds after they released a press statement making false claims that he made inappropriate advances to a female colleague while on a business trip. 
It's a lot of money, whichever way you look at it. It later transpired he was a regular zombilist. A sleepwalker. A sleepwalker. And, uh, and was unaware of his actions. Fair enough, says Jane Moore. But a word of advice, Donal. If you know that you sleepwalk regularly, why don't you wear some bloody pyjamas? And do you remember I told you about Katie Wasel? Do you remember the grandmother who's the hooker? Do you remember at 81, she's selling her body. At 81, and most of you wrote in and went, you're not serious, are you? And I went, I'm quite serious. She's absolutely hooking at 81. Big embarrassment to Katie. This is Katie, who's, uh, whose father went in one of the papers a short while ago to say the reason she was being bullied is the fact that she's Jewish. And the rest of us went, I don't think so. That never even came into it at all. Good card to play, but, you know, not right in this case. And then it turned out that the grandmother was working as... Um, it's 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 a, a thin line between an escort and a prostitute. She was selling sex for £250. Well, an 81-year-old escort with, with the sex thrown in. But so confident is she, she's just hired Max Clifford to uh, to negotiate her deals with the newspapers. I mean, there's no end to the uh, to the shame that families can heap on each other nowadays. Now they go, oh, so what does your grandmother do? Does she, she stay at home and knit shreddies? No, no, no. She's a hooker. Lovely, right. So she sells sex. Yes, she has sex with a lot of different men. She's 81. I know, but she's, she's, she's quite fit for 81. She's a hooker. Yes, I know, but, um, you know... <laughs> And you go, oh, that'll be a good advert. Apparently she hasn't seen Katie for some time. And I, as far as I know, I don't think Katie has uh, actually been asked what she thinks about her... Because you do, you do, don't you? go, this is my granny, and this is my granddad. Grandma's a prostitute. And it's just... It's your worst nightmare. But she's obviously a bit keyed up and a bit clued up to this if she's going off and she's had talks now with, uh, with the man who can arrange all of those things. Oh, I'll tell you who died tell you died. Ingrid Pitt died. And I interviewed Ingrid. She was a big fan of LBC. She was what could only be described as the original Hammer House of Horror vamp. She was all blonde and boobs and and just <laughs> like that. And she was fab. And uh, she went into hospital the other week. She wasn't very well. And uh, sadly, she, uh, she passed away. So, Ingrid Pitt, we salute you this morning. And, uh, and anybody else as well. I was, talk- was I talking to the other day about something? Oh, because Jedward are touring, aren't they? Under the misguided thing that they actually sing, as opposed to they mime too. But they probably jump up and down. A little bit bizarre, the, the jumping bit. I can't quite get there. And then there's a rapist in the pic. They're all, the- I'll tell you, it's all here today. A rapist. This is the one. He's a jailed rapist. He's the one who's forced David Cameron to give all prisoners the vote within six months. There's a picture of him coming out of court with a big smile on his face. And he's been awarded... Uh, £4,200 as well, for his hurt feelings. I'm not allowed to tell you what I think about things like that. I'm not allowed... I'll get into trouble if I tell you just how vile I think that that, uh, person is. And guess who's got the sexiest calendar? And don't say me. Don't say... Who's got the sexiest calendar? Over and above Peter Andre. (coughs) Over and above even uh, Cheryl Cole. No, no, not not above that. Uh, Above um, Michael Bublé and above Justin Bieber... Who's got the best-selling calendar? Who the hell's buying it? Cliff Richard, at 70, has got the... That's where he's taken his shirt off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's, just, there's just a certain age where I'm afraid you have to do a cut-off point you don't take your shirt off. And I think I've reached it. I think I'll get to that stage. Probably on stage at The Mermaid, I might undo an extra button. That's as far as it goes. <laughs> 
Morning, a very nice heavy company. Not as cold here as it was over in Oslo. And Phil says, now that you've got the Christmas tree, will they ask you for ideas for decorating? It would be nice to have coloured bulbs rather than the plain white ones. They don't do... Uh, all the trees that you've got over there are all white bulbs, and they do it exactly the same as it's decorated here. They just do strips from the top, whereas we wind our lights around the tree, don't we, and around the branches. Over there, they have them coming down vertically, because the, ho- the uh, hotel that we stayed in, the Grand... Uh, I looked at their Christmas tree, and I'd have added about an extra thousand bulbs to it. It only had about 50 light bulbs on it, but that's that's considered enough. What do you mean there's... What are you saying? You're saying that my trees are not tasteful? If you saw my Christmas tree this year, I mean, I promise you, there is nothing excessive about a thousand bulbs. There really isn't. Looks very tasteful indeed. So, guess what? William and Katie are going to marry on April the 29th. I'll just see if I'm busy that day. I can't remember. Uh, JLS have offered to sing... They don't want you. OK, it's, it's a wedding. It's not some showcase for your new single. This isn't the X Factor. Uh, there's a four-day holiday for the whole country. Lovely, because it'll be the Friday, so you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Although, frankly, most bosses will be saying, if you go on holiday, we're going to deduct it from your wages. And the royal family are going to pay most of the bill, which is going to be, what do you reckon? £32 million. Go to another wedding planner. Get it cheaper. There'll be loads of people out there who could do it much cheaper. You can cut down. They don't need a big cake. Nobody likes wedding cake. Just have a cake that you wheel out. It's fake. You take a picture of it. La, 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 la. And then give everybody a slice of fruitcake from M&S. OK, you do, that's all it is. It's fruitcake with icing on. Nobody likes the icing. They all leave it on the side of the plate. Why? Because it's fattening. There's no point in having a wedding cake made. My advice is ditch the wedding cake idea. Rent the dress. You'll probably get it free, actually. And uh, also, just give people party poppers on the table and so they can all go bang like that. McDonald's will do you the happy meal in there and probably, because it's them, they'll probably bring along Ronald or something like that who can have it in KFC and they can all have a party. I mean, just think how much cheaper you can... 32 million. If they did it in the local KFC, it'd be much easier. He'd be happier. She'd be happier. All their friends would be happy going, listen, you don't need all this pomp and circumstance. You don't need to bring out the, the, the royal wedding carriage and be dead. You just don't need that kind of thing. And also, will we be recommending that William wears mane before he, before he goes on screen? You know, goes to the wedding. Because you can get this mane now. I've seen them doing it on the television. You go, Psh! I was going to buy some for James O'Brien, actually, because we saw him the other day doing something on Sunday, and we all sat there and went, his hair's falling out. And as I think he used to use a hair thickener. So if you get the opportunity this morning, and Maine, Maine would be a nice Christmas present for him, in the right colour. I don't know what colour his hair is. Auburn, is it, or something like that? Which would be quite nice. I bought some uh, some DVDs, I must tell you, because they're, excuse me, Christmas DVDs. And, you know, oh, sorry. And, and I bought these just for I went away, and I thought, oh, I'm so excited. Because I got a bit carried, you know what it's like, you start, you go on the internet... Got about twelve, and um, and, and I, I, I saw one, and then one leads to another, and then one leads to another. So first, of all, I, I got a bit carried away. I was going through a nostalgia phase, so I bought Father, Dear Father, uh, with Patrick Cargill, who used to live down the road. Actually, I discovered something the other day that Margaret Rutherford used to live on a flat on Richmond Bridge. I'm very excited by this. I knew there'd be a link to our area, and it's got Richard O'Sullivan in this one. Uh, with Beryl Reed, Donald Sinton, Noel Dyson. So I'm looking forward to that. That's the full-length film version of Father Dear Father. Um, and then... Oh, I'll tell you what that one is in a minute, because that's a really good one. Then I bought The Christmas Choir, uh, based on a true story, and it's about a man who starts a choir of local people. It's a bit like the programme we've got here, and this is actually a proper film. Then I, I, I thought, I quite like Lucille Ball. So I bought a film with her and Henry Fonda called Yours, Mine and Ours... 
then I got even more carried away and discovered a film with Bob Hope and Lucille Balling called Sorrowful Jones. So I bought that. Uh, then I ordered Toy Story 3. So that's arrived as well. Uh, and then I bought The Christmas Twins with Sean Bean and Aaron Johnson, a festive adventure for the whole family. Because it's got snow. If it's got snow in it, I'm there. And it's it's done in London, and it's got London, uh, and it's got uh, Westminster, um, Big Ben, and and the snow. Uh, very pretty. So that that's definitely in the collection. Uh, then I bought the film Nativity with Martin uh, Freeman, which is really good. So I've got that one as well. We've got Alan Carr, Ricky Tomlinson, Ashley Jensen, Pam Ferris. I have it. I've got it here. But here, look, yeah, you're not, no, you're not boring. And, uh, and then, now this is one that you'll enjoy. I, I was only scooting through, trying to find different things, and here is, I think it's a double DVD of Sunday Night at the London Palladium. Now, Sunday Night at the London Palladium uh, was hosted by Bruce Forsyth. Good game, good game, beat the clock, beat the clock, here we go. And you're, you're, what's your name, darling? Muriel. And it's Muriel and Winston. And so, and you, they, they then play games, but it's got all the people on there. It's, I mean, it's got, oh, it's a three-disc set. And it includes the Norman Wisdom and Bruce Forsyth special because, at one point, the uh, people went on strike down there. So Norman Wisdom and Bruce Forsyth came on and did a painting routine. Totally ad-lib, but very, very good indeed. It's also got on here, um, Pinky and Perky, The Puppets, by Jan and Blaster Darable, uh, Sarah Vaughan, Bobby Darren, The John Barry Seven, Freddie and the Dreamers, Mario Lanza... Larry Grayson, Jim Dale, Paul Anker, Rod Hullanemu, Ted Rogers, Sasha Distel, Cliff Richard, Bob Monkhouse, Clodagh Rogers, and many, many more. It's also got Tommy Trinder, Huey Green. Really, really good stuff. Used to get 14 million on average. 14 million for a variety show. Now we get excited for X Factor. So it's Sunday night at the London Palladium, and it's a three DVD box set. I'm very pleased about that. But my favourite film, and, and I hope it's not a bad copy, is the one that I watched. Actually, it looks like it's good. It's it's saddest film I've ever seen. I've seen some sad films in my time. Um, it's called All Mine to Give. It did have another title. I've mentioned it before on the programme. It was The Night They Gave Away the Babies. And it's the story with um, uh, a young Robbie Unsen. Robbie is pulling his sister on a sledge through the snow to a snug house in the woods. But it's no Yuletide. Instead... Robbie is fulfilling the promise he made to their dying mother that he would find a home for each of the six orphaned Unsen children. So it follows Glynis Johns and Cameron Mitchell through setting up life in America. They are pioneers. Unfortunately, the father dies, and then very shortly after, the mother dies. So the children are left to bring themselves up. But at the end of the day, they realise that they're fighting a losing battle. And so Robbie Unsen has to go round and give away his brothers and sisters to families. And he treks through the snow and knocks on doors and says, please, can you help? We don't have any money and my little sister's, you know, not very well. And, we need... and so they give away. That It's the most heartbreaking film I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm crying even thinking about it. All mine to give. You'll be, you'll be hard pushed to find it. It's quite difficult. And uh, be very careful. You buy it on eBay. There's lots of fake copies doing the rounds. But it's, it's a real weepy. It's a weepy weepy. And we like a weepy at Christmas. Actually, to be honest with you, I like a weepy any time of the, any time of the day. I could stand there looking at Christmas trees and just burst into tears. Because Norway's so pretty. Oslo's so pretty. And it's so empty. 
My my hotel room, as you'll see in some of the pictures, is fairly palatial. And it looked out over the uh, the square, the front of the building, and and at six thirty in the morning, we're in London. Everybody's bustling. I mean, four o'clock people are bustling around. You know, hey, how you doing? All this kind of stuff. Uh, over there, nobody. And I, I said to Eva, who was another one of our tour guides, I said there was nobody there at six thirty, seven o'clock. She said, no, there wouldn't be. I said, why? She said, well, where would they go? I said, do they not go to work early? She said, no. So nobody gets... You don't see many cars. You see them going out of the city afterwards. You get a little bit of traffic. But they have bus lanes there as well, which is quite nice. But go out into the, into the woods just outside of Oslo. It's beautiful. I mean, it is like... It's picture postcard stuff. Small wonder that the cruise ships go round the fjords... And uh, and it's nice. And uh, I mean, but they've got exactly the same that we've got here: graffiti. Everywhere you go, there's graffiti. People have written on a, you know, done this and done that. And windy. Oh, if you're going, uh, you know, hat, gloves, thick, thick scarf, proper shoes that keep your feet warm. Because other, I promise you, you'll freeze to death out there. The one thing you don't see is people sitting on the street corner begging. That's the only good thing about having really cold weather. Although here, they have said by the end of this week. We could be getting four inches. Now, there was a bit of excitement going on next door because she went to me, oh, goodness me, she said, well, we've, we've seen one bit of snow. Now we're going to see some more snow, Steve. And I said, yes. And so she's, she's kept a little outfit from over there. Anyone who turns up in a rah-rah skirt, I mean, I ask her, you know, middle of a blooming pine forest, you know, her in a rah-rah skirt and a lot of very butch men who chop down trees for a living, you know, and I'm saying, listen, don't don't go around the men, OK, because they haven't seen women like you for some time. And uh, they were... And so she's sort of went, or being all chatty and all the rest of it, and, and that kind of stuff. So, very, but as I say, turn up in a rah-rah skirt. And the good thing is that we never fell over once, did we? We didn't fall... How we never fell over, I've got no... I seriously... Th- I mean, at one point, we had a picture taken, I had a picture taken, and I <laughs> went down to this tree, and I sort of stood next to it and practically disappeared, because it was... Uh, but it's so pretty. I can't... You wait till you see the picture, you'll be going, you're so lucky, Steve. And by the way, where'd you get that silly hat? The answer is, that very silly hat probably saved my life, I should imagine, because it was very, very, very cold. And that wasn't one of their coldest days. So if you're going to go out there, it's, it's, I mean, you know, it, it'd be nice. If you want to do walking, they're very fit over there, aren't they? Very fit. She noticed quite a lot of very fit people, I think. Never mentioned it to me. Sorry? I did go a funny colour. The Mayor of Oslo thing thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> Everybody was quite worried. I went purple, I think. Yeah, you went this really bluey purple. It was a very... He's going to die. Quick, get him near the fire. They propel me to the fire. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Mike says, I totally agree with you, Re the, huh, the doctor Gillian, not that she's a doctor, and her antics. Also, the more critics moan about Witty and Wagner, the more the public are voting in their droves to keep them in. I know, you do get stupid people, don't they, go, oh, because it winds people up. They've been saying that in all the TV programmes. Mike says, I'm glad you're back. Uh, Steve, I always want to know, how do you get the Christmas tree in excellent condition all the way from Norway to this country? I'll tell you exactly how it works. OK, tree axe. <laughs> now, bearing in mind, this thing is about two foot across, isn't it? The, the width of it, it's about two foot. And, uh, and then they have, then we saw a bit. And, <laughs> and then it's finished off with a chainsaw. But to the one side, and I think we've actually got a picture of it, uh, the crane, this enormous crane which they bring into the forest, and it's, the tree is chained at the top. And as they cut, they lift. 
because and this thing could swing so that's why you, you've got to be very for health and safety reasons you've got to be very careful and uh, once they've done that we all go away and we have some more food and more more sort of coffee and she's still doing the rah rah skit but, and then we do all of that a bit and then she went oh this, this, this cake's quite nice and so she's stuffing it all in her bag honestly she's she's t- she couldn't eat the budget. It, it was quite nice. It had like apple strudel stuff on the top of it. It was particularly good. There's something about cold apple I like. And, um, and so we, we, we did that. And, and then they bring this lorry in. And it's got a trailer at the back. And they literally just lower the tree onto the trailer. And they take it up to the port somewhere in, in Norway. I can't remember where. Obviously, better see. And, uh, and then it goes into a container which keeps it fresh. Until it gets here, and then they bring it down, and it'll be arriving, I think, probably on Wednesday in Trafalgar Square. It'll come in, I think, on, on just one of these huge transporter lorries. It's not covered with anything, but they do make sure, because they look after the tree. They have to look after it, because trees are prone to diseases, so it's fertilised. And uh, to, between you and me, I'm not giving too much away, they do select a number of trees which could be. Because, you know, we aren't the only one that they cut a tree for. They, they they do it for two other people, and they get. But ours, ours is always the biggest tree, you know. Because uh, yes, ours is ours is the most important tree. So uh, so that's it. And then it will arrive here. It'll be put up, and then uh, various people. The mayor's not coming over. I think his uh, his deputy comes over for it, and it ties in with an exhibition at South Africa House with the uh, Nobel Peace Prize committee. So uh, more of that later. Uh, Vanessa says, do you think Kate's parents are providing the party bags from their mail order firm? <laughs> I love the idea of party bags. I think that's quite a good idea. And uh, did you get to see the sculpture park in Oslo? Den- Denise, we never had a chance to see anything. I saw a coach, I saw a hotel room, I saw food, I saw the minibar, I saw lots of snow. And then I saw Gatwick Airport again. These are the headlines you're waking up to. There's been a second blast inside the mine in New Zealand where 29 workers are missing, which police say no one is likely to have survived. Potentially explosive methane gas has been preventing rescuers from entering the pit because it was deemed too dangerous. Nick Cleggs called on students to call off national demonstrations over tuition fee rises later, which are expected to target Lib Dem headquarters in London. Demonstrations two weeks ago ended in violence with massive damage to Millbank Tower, which houses Tory headquarters. And Mayor Boris Johnson has announced the cycle hire scheme will be made available for casual users from December the 3rd. Up until now, only people who pre-registered have been able to take out the bikes. Let's have a check, shall we, on the state of the roads? Jay Louise. Or say, this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Morning, you're pretty nice to have your company. You might think it's cold. Not as cold as it was in Norway, let me tell you. But if we have uh, snow by the end of the week, it will get colder. Sylvia says the case of the ex, this is Nigel Page's ex, the man who won 56 million, he offered her a million pounds, bearing in mind they've been separated 10 years, divorced and everything else. She, she went off with another man, and he offered, as a, you know, generosity... Uh, I'll offer you a million. She wanted apparently eight. And uh, and then it ended up with two, which is ridiculous. Sylvia says, I hope the two millions delivered to the greedy woman's front door in penny pieces, preferably having had treacle poured over them hours beforehand. Can you imagine? God, dear me. Uh, I th- oh, is the coffee machine working? Le café, le café. Le café machine ist... Working. Oh, really? Oh, it's working. Oh, good. Thank God for that. God, blimey, honestly. Uh, Mark says... Morning, Steve. Uh, 84850-Steve at LBC. Another one who's, uh, who's got a cold at the moment. Actually, I, I was listening to, um, 
to Anthony earlier on. Somebody phoned up saying they'd broken down, they're waiting for the rescue. I thought, not much fun, is it, when you're broken down? Of course, I ended up going completely the wrong way on the motorway yesterday. I got completely lost. Come out of Gatwick, and, uh, you know, when you come back from holiday, and I'd done the meet and greet, and you've got bits of paper. I've got bits of paper everywhere. I've got them for the flight, I've got them for this and, and that one. Oh, just too many bits of paper. And so when I get there, and uh, it was getting near sort of closing time, he said, have you got your bit of paper? I said, no. He said, which car are you collecting? Oh, no, the Bentley. And, uh, and of course, it's the only one there. And see, thank you, Bobby. He said, he said, how do I know you're who you say you are? And I said, well, I've just identified my car, haven't I? I said, and I just phoned you a minute ago. And he went, ah, uh, yeah, but you could be anybody. I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll run through what's in the boot, shall I? Two Christmas rugs, ready? <laughs> in the end, he kind of accepted the fact that maybe I was the only sad person who had Christmas rugs and Christmas cards in the boot, because I'm that sort of person, because I like to not only spread festive cheer at home, but I like to spread festive cheer in the boot of my car, which is very nice indeed. But, uh I'm, I'm quite looking forward to Everybody's going away for Christmas this year. I'm the only one who's not going away. Well, I'm going to the godchildren, but everybody's going away, aren't they? Everybody. So here it is, Daily Express, who absolutely love uh, the idea that Kate and, uh, and Wills are getting married. But then they have come up with uh, what I think is the biggest do-lally story, and we predicted it on this programme. The moment we saw pictures of Claire Nazir in a park looking vastly overweight, I said at the time, there's going to be a DVD. I mean, you can almost guarantee it, because she went out there, luckily with a photographer. It wasn't even paparazzi, it was a proper photographer who went out there, got pictures, which they do with all of them. Um, in fact, there is a history of this. If you want to promote a DVD, what you have to do, they go, listen, fatty, OK, come out there, wear, wear something skimpy, we'll then put a picture in the paper, and then you can say later that uh, people were cruel about you and all this kind of thing, because that will help us sell the DVD. I'm, I'm only exposing what I think is shameless exploitation and the fact you should never, ever buy a DVD from a celebrity who's doing it for money. You want to lose weight and you want to be fit, go to your doctor. They'll give you a diet sheet for free. They will tell you what to eat. The exercise you can pick up in a local gym or just two or three of you can join a club. In fact, you've just got to just walk up and down your stairs. One, two, three. One, two, three, down. One, two, three, up. So when we saw a picture of Claire Nazir looking very fat, she just had a baby. So every woman, you know, unless they're sort of Jordan, uh, I'm afraid looks like this afterwards. But luckily, she was able to wear something fairly skimpy and go out and uh, and take a photographer with her. And then she can come up with things like that. She says, people said some pretty vicious things that I was disgusting and a disgrace. Who, darling? Who said that? Who said that? Was that somebody at the PR company? Because, surprise, surprise, here she is looking so much thinner because she's had a fitness trainer. Now, if you have a fitness trainer... You too can be as slim as Claire Nazir. And uh, she now weighs just over eight stone. She weighed 12 before. She was thin as a rake before that. So all it is, it's shameless. I mean, I'm going to do one, I think, next year. I've decided. And uh, only I think I'll give mine away in retaliation for all the celebrities, in inverted commas, who turn up between now and Christmas and just after Christmas. They'll all be doing it. If you don't see somebody for a little while, I think she's done hers a bit too early. I think the whole idea is to do it after Christmas, not beforehand. But anyway, hers is out on... Oh, there we are. There we are, I told you. Out December 27th. But she's a weather girl. She's not a fitness expert. She'll have the fitness expert with her. But then they all do. We had... Uh, we've had all... We had Natalie Cassidy. Do you remember that? N Natalie Cassidy. Oh, look how slim you are. Every TV show. My God, don't you look good? Yeah. 
three months later, back goes all the fat again. Because you just, it's not, it's not possible to keep it off all the time. Claire was never a big person. But I just wish people would be honest and not, not try and tell lies to you. I wish they would just be honest and say, I'm just doing it because it pays 150,000 quid. Because that's how she'd imagine what it, what it's probably paying. Uh, Anne Widdicombe, and her silly column today, talking about leggings. She says, I won't hear a word against leggings. It's, it's going to be so much fun, Anne, when this programme is finished and, uh, and people start inviting you on and seeing just how much fun you are. She says, I'm a celebrity, is now past its sell-by date. I think you're past your sell-by date too. But uh, that doesn't mean we have to get rid of things, does it? We have to, we have to keep things. Uh, Stacey apparently is in the... I'm not even watching In the Jungle. I'm only reading in the newspapers what they're saying about it. And Gillian they say, is facing the axe because she's doing this act, and she is acting, believe you me. Uh, and now Stacy burst into tears the other day. Well, I couldn't... Well, I could probably actually, if I put my mind to it, I could probably tell you who's actually out, out there in the jungle, but uh, not that exciting. Uh, there's a woman here... I always love these sort of stories, I don't know why. Um, a BBC DJ... A BBC DJ swindled £18,000 in benefits whilst working as a presenter on a Bollywood radio show. How lovely! And here she is, Lubna, her name is. Lubna. She cheated taxpayers for, um, seven years. Lovely, though, the BBC website described her as a tireless worker who gave up everything to become a DJ. Well, everything except the benefits, dear. Everything except the benefits. Isn't that disgraceful? Isn't that absolutely awful? Anyway, she pleaded guilty to receiving 18,000 quid. Disgusting, honestly, it really is. The sooner we stop... Mind you, over in Ireland, they're, they're, they're cutting people because they haven't got any money. They're cutting people's benefits. That's why I was quite intrigued to hear earlier on somebody describing students in this country as the poor people. Really? I don't think any of the bars on student campuses will be testament to poor people. I've never seen so many drunks in my entire life. I live in Twickenham. We've got more drunk students there than anything else. If they can afford to drink round our way, they've got more money than I have at the moment. Uh, looking forward to seeing your tree, says Gina and Warren, tonight at the Eel Pie Club. Uh, it's the King Earl Boogie Band with Paul King and Colin Earl from Mungo Jerry. Most famous hit was In the summertime when the window is... You know, look out the window now, you're not really thinking summertime at all. But they will be playing it live. Doors open at 8.30. Details on eelpieclub.com. Eelpieclub.com. We'll have a chat to Darren a bit later on. And uh, Jonathan's back in with us as well. Gary says, nice to have you back. Sounds like you had a good time. Can you believe that the awful McKeith actually said the first person she wanted to speak to when she left the jungle was Katie Price? And she knows what she went through. Well, yes, because Katie Price we hated as much as you, I suppose, really. That would be the answer, wouldn't it? I think so. Uh, see, oh, sorry, I'm just... How, how strange, I'm reading my own thing. You didn't think we'd come all the way back from Norway without bringing treats. Steve wanted me to tell you they didn't cost as much as the ones from L LA, but they weren't that cheap. Because we go through yesterday. You have to do it here. When you go away on a trip, be it seven hours or seven minutes, you have to bring back sweeties. And so we go through Oslo's duty-free, and frankly, some of it was a bit expensive. We were only away for a day. And so in the end, I bought back a box of little lint chocolates. But at the end, they weren't cheap. And they're not even tax-deductible. But I brought them back out. The goodness of my heart carried them back through because uh, we flew... I think we must have flown with the National Airline. By Norwegian Air, was it? Something like that. Very good, but they don't offer free food. And there was no free food. You can... Uh, you can... Um, sorry. You can buy food on board. 
and but they're, and they're taking it in in kroner as well. So you're looking around about ten to the pound. So a cup, a, a bottle of water was thirty at the airport. I mean, it's not cheap over there. That's three pounds for a bottle of water. I know. In fact, the girl we were sitting with at well, we had lunch at the Nobel Peace Prize Centre, which was very nice indeed. Except I thought there'd be a bit more of it. But um, we had. Well, they said it's going to be a light lunch. Well, my idea of a light lunch would be perhaps toasted sandwiches, chips, you know, stuff like that. Instead, we had... I had carrot soup, because they were doing their traditional fish soup. But what I thought mine was... I, I expected it to be a bowl of soup. But, in fact, it was just... It wasn't a bowl. That was the trouble. It wasn't... It, it, it was a, Mine was a plate with soup on the top of it. It wasn't a bowl. And then... And I thought, well, that's nice. So we've just had a little taste. It was four spoonfuls. That's exactly what it was, because I counted them and took a photo. And, uh, and then they said, oh, and, and for, for dessert, we get... I'm thinking, where's the main course? I was waiting for the main... I was so hungry. So I got to the airport, I'd have chicken tikka masala, which is not the thing to eat at airport, which I then dropped down my jumper, my new Mars and Spencer's jumper. So all in all, and then I got lost on the motorway on the bay, but way back, and then I had another accident I can't tell you about. But it's, I mean, the whole thing, it just, so in the end, I'm sitting there and I'm praying to God as I'm driving, I'm going, please let me find the right road, because it's pitch dark and I'm rubbish driving at night. And so I found myself heading for Oxford. Now, I didn't have any water in the car or a sandwich, and I could have murdered a cheese and pickle. But I didn't have that. Instead, I had the sweeties, which I was bringing into the people here at LBC because I love them. And I wasn't going to break into those, was I? Not many. Anyway, so uh, I only had two and then sealed the box again. <laughs> Morning, team. Eight minutes past six. Who says, uh, tomorrow I'm going to Oslo and staying at the Grand. All paid for. I won a competition in the Independent on Sunday. <laughs> And it's my birthday, too. My aunt lives near Oslo. She married a Norwegian. Can't wait. Maybe I'll be on the ladies' floor. Yes, they have a ladies' floor in this hotel. I've never heard of a ladies' floor in a hotel before. The fifth floor at the Grand is ladies' floor. And all the rooms are girly-girly. Really nice. Jonathan Levi is back with us. Good morning. Good morning. Is it cold out? Can it, oh, freezing out oh, this it? morning. Not as cold as we've been. Oh, no. <laughs> Somehow, when it's really that cold, though, you go past cold into something else. Only if you're standing in the middle of a forest and it's minus six and then you can't feel your feet and you turn blue. Do you have really cold hands? No, hands were fine. Abs- f- hand- and I had my hat on with my, um, with my ears, which got flaps. So I can either tie up or sort of have down. And to be honest with you, no, you, you, the first time you put it on in this country, you think, I look ridiculous. And then you suddenly realise when you go to a really, really cold place that it doesn't matter what you look like as long as you're keeping warm. Yeah. The only thing is, and I thought it, and Joe, the uh, PR girl and a few other people, was their feet were cold. Extremities. Because, yeah, really, really cold. My ears yeah. were fine, my nose was fine, my hands were fine, the rest really of me lovely, feet. but my feet were like blocks of ice. It's horrible, that freezing oh, feet it's, feeling it's as terrible. well. Oh, it's terrible. Terrible. Because you can't, and everybody goes, stamp your feet, you can't, it you hurts. You can't do anything about it, they won't warm up. No, they don't warm up. What you no. need to do is, the, the best thing is, because there's this fire in the middle of the forest, they've got two huge logs... And the fire in the middle of them. Yeah. So it's, it looks like sort of a giant hot dog, and without the sausage, you've got a fire in the middle. And you put your feet on the logs, which are warm. And that toasts And that, that apparently toasts you up. also melts through. your shoes, so you go home with third-degree burns. And <laughs> so that's the only way you keep warm. You need little foot heaters or something. They do, they do them for hands. But not really for feet, do they? Not for feet at go? all. Yeah. You'd have you to need have special adapted socks. Shoes with yes. foot heating sections. Yes, I mean, to be honest with you, you do need thermally heated boots. Yeah. But, it, but everybody it's hikes over there and they walk. Boots. You see lots of people wearing what I would call walking gear. Yeah. I'm really good, but, I mean, it was, it was really lovely. I mean, she loved it. Interesting, that. Well, it's a hotel. What you say about um, that you don't really care how you look like when, when you're freezing yeah. and you just want to be warm. It's true, isn't yes. it? Yes. 
Yeah. I mean, I had, you know, I had the scarf. We all had, you know, everything that, that you would take normally. You've got to wear gloves. And then when you get somewhere warm, you take it all off. Yeah. Because otherwise you burn up. Yeah. And then you go back outside. But, oh, God, it was cold. Was it a fun <laughs> couple of days? Day. 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 We took off here at 2.20 from Gatwick. We get in there at about 20 to 6 or 20 to 7, whatever, because they're an hour ahead. And uh, we literally went up to the rooms and unpacked, got changed, went off for dinner, which was the Barack Obama dinner that he'd had when he got his uh, Nobel Peace Prize, and, um, and then into bed, and then up the next morning. I was up at about 5 o'clock, did a piece here. Uh, on LBC, and then had a shower, a uh, shave, then we went down for breakfast, and then we were out into the forest. Right. Until about half past twelve. So, all that time. Then back into town again, off to the Nobel Peace Prize Centre for lunch. Uh, go re- be shown around their uh, exhibition and installation there on all the people who've won the Nobel Peace Prize. And uh, and then it was a case of back, record some little bits and pieces, and then back to the hotel, pick up your bag, and on the coach, back to the airport. Right. That's all we saw was the airport. And did, a, did Amanda get excited in the forest and look for moomins and goblins? And well, I mean, I, I think she'd already found those at the hotel, to be right. honest with you. I mean, she was, she was quite excited. She fell in two snowdrifts. Two snowdrifts? Two snowdrifts. Well, I, I pushed her in the first one. I thought, you know, it makes it more entertaining for me. There's no point in letting her... You know, at one point, I said, Amanda, don't wander away too far. And, uh, and off she goes, you know, into the distance. We all... We all oh, feet cold. Dear. As cold as Steve's. Couldn't feel my big toes. Couldn't feel her yes. big toes. I know. Like I cared. <laughs> Stacey to win I'm a Celebrity, Steve. Um, I'm not sure if she will. I'm not sure if she will. I, it'll be that bloke from the, the one, Sean Ryder. Could be Sean yeah, Ryder. Yeah, it'll be him. The, the sort of people who watch it are a bit, you know, they'll, they'll vote for a teacup. Yeah. I, think. I don't think they're that, they're that bright. Um, if Sarah Ferguson doesn't go to the wedding, Wills and uh, Katie, will she be paid as a correspondent? I should imagine so. Yeah, sure. She, she isn't scheduled to go. Probably by a big US network. She yes. Sit yeah. In the NBC studio. She's apparently, according to the papers, turned her life around and she's nearly paid off her £5 million debts. Right. How? I've got no idea. I think she's had words with them. She was out um, socialising yet again the other day. She, she, she's now looking... She doesn't learn, does she? Having now paid off this money, she's now looking for future business ventures. Don't let her anywhere near any business ventures. She's a disaster at everything. Uh, Steve, you should find the tree is loaded into a container where they can control the temperature, says Barry, waiting in Tilbury Docks. Oh, right, it's a reefer container. A reefer? I did, he did say it was going in something. I can't remember. I don't think it's actually propped up on deck on this thing. <laughs> I think it's going into a container. It's quite big. It's tw- I mean, it's 27 metres. And you've made a little mark in there. I don't want to tell anybody. I've, I've, t- I've put a little... Tiny little... I've, I've carved my initials underneath the second branch. S.A. Yeah, S.A. was here, yeah. which is good. Uh, Nigel Havers was worried he'd be voted off first. If you went to jail, you were not immune from the first vote, says Jill. Thank you. Uh, Aslan we- says, the weepy film, Giving Children Away is all that I give. Uh, well, it's all mine to give. All mine to give, it's called, actually. Uh, because I'm looking at it here now, and it's got on the front... All mine to give. Thank you. Uh, the Holly in the Ivy with Ralph Richardson and Celia Johnson, says Brian, recommended, set in a vicarage, 1954. Oh, there you go. Uh, Steve, we've got two inches of snow in Newcastle. We can have four by the end of uh, this week. Freezing up north. Yes. Freezing. Well, there you Always go. Always think that whenever you leave London, go up north somewhere. 
It does get colder. Freezing wind. Yes. Seems to get off the train. We got the wind yesterday by the the main bit in Oslo, the, like the the town hall thing, and the, and we. <laughs> We're standing outside the coach. Don't ask me. The wind is whistling round us, and we're standing. I'm thinking, why are we standing here? We're supposed to sitting on the coach, and we were just sta- we were sort of standing there, and the coach is there, and the doors are shut, and the wind, and we're getting colder and colder by the minute. And I'm thinking, perhaps I just need to collapse or something. You needed Brendan. I did, we did. We needed Brendan to come and say, "Come on, my group, this way, the forest over here." Have great fun, couldn't we? Uh, quarter past six is the time. News headlines this morning. Peter Ferris. Steve, thank you. LBC 97.3. 17 minutes past six. Jonathan Levi's with us in the studio. I sent a birthday card to a lady the other day called Denise. Oh, yes. Hands Denise and Bumps a Daisy. And uh, it was her birthday. Quite, that's why I sent a birthday card. Well, actually, her husband said, you know, is it possible you can send a birthday card to? He said, A, I get brownie points. He said, secondly, I'll make a donation to help a London child. Oh, that's nice. Well, that was it straight away. I was out buying a, <laughs> buying a birthday card yeah. and sent it off. Yeah. And he very kindly made a donation. Oh, that's Very lovely. generous donation, actually, Andrew. Very. Thank you for that. They'll be very, very pleased. That's very nice. So it's good, isn't it? And all you had to do was just write a birthday card. It was well worth it. Uh, Nick Ferrari will be talking about, are you happy uh, for William and Katie for the wedding? Oh, we know the date now, don't we? Yes. Hurrah! 29th, and it's a public holiday for us now. So Hurrah! Whoopee! Hooray! Not that it won't do any difference. Uh, also, the public won't be paying a penny towards the big day, but the taxpayer will foot the bill for security. Yes. I don't mind doing that. It doesn't bother me. No. That worry you? Not at all. No. Are you a big supporter or? I'm a big supporter. I'm very excited. And who's going to win the other starring role in the Abbey? The three of them. Who's going to officiate at the wedding? That's the big oh, question. Oh right. Is it going to be John Sentamu, the Bishop yes. of York? Is right. it going to be Rowan Williams, the Archbishop of Canterbury? Or will it be the old friend of Prince Charles, the booming-voiced Bishop of London, Richard Charters? No, it's going to be the second one. Rome Williams. It'll be Rome Williams. Mm. I would think so. The trouble is, I've said before, when they announced it was Westminster Abbey, I know it quite well, and you don't see a lot that's going on because of these screens. Yeah. They've got these ornate screens, so it's all split into different little sections, so the bit where, you know, there'll be people sitting at you won't see anything. Yeah. So you need to watch it on the television or hear it on the radio. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be much, much nicer. Yeah. I wish them well. I think that's, you know, they're doing all right so far. Yeah, that's very exciting. We like a bit of excitement in this country. We, we really do. And there's going to be huge concerts in Hyde Park, I think. Dizzy oh, Rascal, yeah. Cheryl Cole. Oh, God. Uh, Cheryl Cole miming again. Cheryl Cole miming again. Oh, dear me. We don't want any of that, Cheryl. It's very funny. She had an argument the other week. Uh, I think that Wagner had described her as uh, a girl from a tower block on a council estate, yeah. which, of course, she is. They well, argued no, alive on... They what? argued live, and, and then he said, what I was trying to do is explain... And you could see her sitting there thinking, you are so dead. She was fuming. She was absolutely Looks furious. Because what she's done it... And he, he, he was saying, you know... I mean, I think he then tried to backtrack by saying, listen, we know that you're, uh, you're sort of chav from the wrong side of the tracks and you've sort of taken yourself out of the... Uh, yeah, now you're an example to yes, everybody. Yes, now you're an example to everybody, except the rest of your family, who are still considered to be a bit of an embarrassment. Yeah. So you don't see them very often. But she quite clearly wasn't having anything well, to do with it. she wants to forget all that, doesn't she? She doesn't want anybody to remind her of anything. Well, I don't know why, because Sting's wife is exactly the same. She's another girl from a council estate. I don't know why people, you know, don't want to talk about their roots or as if they're sort of, they're sort of some royalty or something. Is this Cheryl Cole, for example? You know, we're not talking about God here. I think she quite likes to think of herself as Princess Cheryl. I suspect she probably does, but at the end of the day, she's got a failed marriage, and uh, she's living in a big house all by herself, and, you know, she's about two foot tall. Nothing's anything about her being two foot tall, 
But, you know, you never forget your roots, do you? No. I mean, if you're two foot tall and you, pr- yeah. you produce a radio programme... Well, that's completely that's different. Completely I mean, that, that's considered, you know, I mean, just wonderful. Yeah, perfect. If, if of course, it's the same person we're trying to lose in a snowdrift, then it's different. She came down for, for, for breakfast on yesterday, yesterday, God, it was yesterday, and we'd had this big meal. Of course, for her, it was a big meal, all little tiny portions, yeah. you know, lived in a doll's house. And so she said, oh, loads of food, loads of food. And so she, first thing she said to me, eight o'clock in the morning, she goes, I couldn't eat anything, I'm so full. We walk into the dining room. Well, that was her lost for the next half an hour as she went running round all the different things because it was a huge buffet. And in, right. in Oslo, they do all the stuff that we don't do over here. When, it, when I wanted um, potatoes, you know when you do like a rosty kind of thing? So I lived, they were new potatoes for breakfast. <laughs> I had new potatoes for breakfast. And they do eggs and little... Their sausages are much smaller. Yeah, but not for Amanda. They're the size of a... And for her, enor- everything was huge. The fr- and she came back with... Fr- and she loaded her plate up. And I thought, this from the woman who said, too many... She, honestly, I took a photograph of it sneakily, so I'll, I'll let people know privately. But, I mean, considering she'd said to me, oh, I couldn't eat another thing, I'm so full from the night before. I mean, she was stuffing in a bag, she's yeah. got it down a down, bra, yeah, and she, food here and everything else. She went, I couldn't resist it. It was a good breakfast, you know. If, if you're one of these people who likes lots of rolls and croissants and... What else do they have there? Oh, donuts. I do like a big buffet. Oh, I do too. Yeah. She had smoked salmon... For breakfast. Quite nice. Scrambled oh, did, eggs. Oh, right. Well, no, she didn't have the scrambled eggs. Just the smoked salmon. I didn't have... No. Yes, well, I've had smoked salmon before, but that's different. I'm a celebrity. You're just a girl from the wrong side of the tracks who's done quite well. But you she know. probably brought it all home for the other Pontypines. <laughs> she takes photographs of everything. She's wanted... Her, her entire thing in life is... Oh, look, photograph. Uh, click and done. And then under the table. She has to, you know. Yeah. No, no pictures of her she'll be complaining about, except loads of pictures of her room. You know, <laughs> this is my room, this is Steve's little room. Did and she have this a bigger room? No, she didn't then. this time. Oh, you made sure. She had a girly room. She had a girly room with apparently fake clothes hanging up. Oh. Very bizarre. Oh, remnants, sorry, remnants. Oh, how bizarre. Somebody had a fake dress in their room hanging up. How odd is that? You know, I mean, and that's what's considered a girly room, apparently. Hotel was nice, though, very, what I call old-fashioned, and... Yeah. Nice, Very you know, nice. sort of play. Somebody says, could you go there for a romantic holiday? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, no. No, not for you, dear. No, no. Sorry, got all excited now. But, yes, you, you can, and you could go outside because the bus runs out into the woods mm. and, the fo- and you could go for a nice long hike and they've got little cabins where if you take some soup in your, in your backpack you can heat it up and stay the night. Does that sound like Hansel and Gretel? Does it have a magical fairy tale feeling? Yes. It does? Yes, I would, uh, yes. Yes. Oh, that sounds good. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's very, very pretty, Norway. Sounds it is right. very pretty. Yeah. And they've got lots of... We didn't... I wanted to see a Viking longboat. They have an original Viking longboat there, but we didn't have enough to do it at time. And I wanted to go to uh, the Contiki Museum, Thor Heyerdahl's uh, Contiki Museum, but I, we didn't have a chance to do that. There's so much, so much stuff. I'm, I want to go back there. Yeah. And I want to do a cruise with Fred Olsen through the Norwegian fjords. Oh, that sounds really good. Because it's beautiful. That. That, that would be romantic. Mm. You know, some nice food and uh, a lot of fish over there. Amanda, do you fancy going with Steve? No, she doesn't. I'm not going again. Not, listen, I'm going to tell you, taking her through customs, every time I go through there, I do double prayers and cross my fingers, you know, mm. uh, to what she's brought back from the hotel room, you know. Last time a sink and a towel, you know. I mean, it's very embarrassing. But but good fun at the same time. Mehdi Hassan is uh, going to be looking through the papers this morning. So it's going to be on the front pages, Wills and Katie again. <laughs> They're st- it's it's going to run until next year now, I think. April the 29th. Yes. Let's all have it off, say the Daily Star. That's the 29th 
which is uh, which is good. She's got no idea what she's let herself in for. I really don't. I, d- I know that Diana went through it the same. I don't think she's got any idea at all. But, yeah, uh, but good. Right. Yeah. Well. Uh, Katie Waisel's mum has defended her daughter's new fresh and angelic look. She just had her haircuts. Why do people get so excited about? It? She's had a haircut. But uh, so th- this is Katie Waisel, the grandmother who hooks. And it's now signed up with Max Clifford. I mean, yes. you, you can't make it up, can it? It's almost like somebody's gone, and we've got the balmy relative coming out of the woodwork. What does she do? Well, you know, she sort of knits, you know, strange things. No, this one is a hooker at 81. It's quite something. Well, it certainly is. So I can't wait to see what the clients look like. Yeah. But she's, she's going to write a book. What, the grandma? Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got your... Oh, can't imagine it. Yeah. But luckily, Derek Hoff, remember Derek Hoff? Oh, yeah, the dancer. He is flying back to London to support Cheryl after her on-screen spat with Wagner. I should imagine Customs will be having something to say about this, Derek. You can't just keep popping back in and out of the country, love. But uh, apparently she's there to offer her a shoulder to cry on. She's tougher than you are, dear, let me tell you. Much tougher. Jonathan. Some of the 22 women in Hungary vying to be Miss Plastic 2010 <laughs> showed their surgery, surgically enhanced wares in Budapest. Judges rated their beauty while doctors marked the surgery quality. So... They've been enhanced. They've been enhanced. I mean, they're being judged oh. on their enhancements. Well, I mean... So, well, you, it's I mean, a new you, thing, isn't it? Well, you can have good surgery and... And very poor surgery. Very poor surgery. That, there was yeah. that poor Jocelyn Wildenstein, isn't there? Who I think has had so much... Oh, the bride of Wildenstein. Yes, I mean, yeah. the poor woman. I mean, Terrible. I don't... It, it's like... You just look at her thinking, somebody has screwed up bad, big time on this. Yeah. Her husband's is he a plastic surgeon? Oh, even worse. Practising on her. Practising, yes. You'll and never leave me, darling. You're now not attractive at all. And the biggest dog in Britain, a harlequin Great Dane, who stood at seven feet three inches on his hind legs, has sadly died. We've got one round Twickenham. Well, didn't the round Twickenham, did he, by any chance? Um, doesn't... No. No, in Essex. Well, we have... Oh, well, close. Uh, we have one round Twickenham. It, this thing is enormous. Is it huge? I mean, it's the biggest dog I've ever seen. It's a great. You think this this thing could sit on you and you could die? You should take a photograph of Amanda standing between its legs. Actually, yes, that would be quite funny. Actually, don't worry, I won't be doing it. But it, this it's the big. I mean, I don't know whether this dog takes you for a walk or you take it for a walk. They're just huge. These. They're just. Why would you have a dog that big? I don't know. You'd have to have a. Very they need lots of exercise. It looks like it lives in. A, it lived in a very little house as well. Would have to. Don't forget, students today, Trafalgar Square. Is there another... There's, there's another, another, demonstration. another demonstration. I have a horrible feeling... I'm, I'm hoping, I'm keeping my, my fingers crossed, that, um, that this one passes off peacefully. But judging by some of the pictures already in the paper of people holding effigies of uh, certain politicians and they've got their faces masked, and there was, I'm, um, I'm fearing, I'm afraid. There's a simulation of Nick Clegg being hung. Yes. By some yes. I mean, to be honest with you... Fairly unpleasant. He, he, he's actually said, you know, you should listen to what people say first, but there will be those who will be hell-bent on causing trouble. There'll be an awful lot of students who'll be out there to protest and to get their voices heard, and there'll be those who will be silly. Very silly little people. But this time, I think the police will be... Ready. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Why do people of London have to put up with this garbage all the time? You know, we're the ones who are inconvenienced. It doesn't inconvenience the politicians who make the decisions. I don't make the decision, yet it could inconvenience me. I don't know if why I was they here can't later. just go demonstrate in a field or something. Why do they have to do it in central London? Well, it's like the Notting Hill Carnival. There's been this argument for years. Why don't you go and stick it in Hertfordshire in a field yeah. and say, listen, do it out a, there? A festival that makes as much yes. noise as they want. No, they have to disrupt Notting Hill, where most of them don't live. And yeah. all the people who live in Notting Hill want to get the heck out for the day or for the weekend. I'm not convinced by these student marches at all. I don't know, I think. 
I, d- I bet half of them aren't even students. Well, that's what worries me, that you get people who would just join it, and you wouldn't know, would you? And uh, once they start, people get caught up in things. And also, logically, the people that should be marching and getting really cross about it mm. should be between about 11 and 16, yes. not current students who aren't affected by it. No. Because the current students who aren't affected by the future changes in policy, because they will have been out of the system and into work by then yes. anyway. Yes, yes. So what are they even upset about? Well, I should be listening to LBC throughout the day on this one because it's, uh, it's, it's, it'll be watching. Is Jonathan coming to The Mermaid? I think so, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, he'll be there. Wouldn't miss it for the world. No. How was Norway? Says Noreen. You sounded chipper on the phone to Chris. I've been up about three hours when I talked to Christo. I've been up at some ridiculous o'clock. Oh, we're going to have a chat to Darren after the news. So we'll find out. He's got a couple of ideas uh, for us. All of that happening very shortly. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. So I think the uh, students, 10 o'clock in Trafalgar Square, so they'll start building up early. So if you drive in this area, uh, keep listening to LBC because then we'll bring you up to date with Jay Louise on which roads are closed and where everybody's going to be. Mm. And presumably they'll then go from here and go down Whitehall again. Be a big policing operation, won't it? Huge. Huge. Well, they, this time, they weren't prepared last time. No, for they, didn't, no they didn't think it was going to be so, go that way, did they? Fingers crossed that it's, uh, that it's peaceful. We'll have a chat to Darren in a, in a moment. Uh, somebody said, um, uh, it is very romantic, actually. Very romantic, Norway. My friend Paul in, uh, in Vienna, he says, you need to see the uh, Vigeland Park in Oslo with its amazing statues, then go out and see the fjords. We did it in April, and it was beautiful. Sounds lovely. It, uh, have you ever seen the pictures? On the front of the Fred Olsen brochure, it's got a picture of the fjords. Mm. Oh, stunning scenery. Stunning. You're obviously at that age, Paul, where you do those sort of holidays. Because us younger people, you know, I'm looking for a bit of action. Yeah. And uh, obviously not much going on on a Fred Olsen cruise. But you see, I quite like the idea of just sitting there and watching the world go by and eating food and having a cup of tea. Yeah. I'd be quite happy with that, which would be nice. There's a lady listening in Harefield, and uh, she said, can you mention the Urkel Furniture Factory Brass Band from High Wycombe? Because her late husband uh, used to play in it, and they used to be uh, there for the lighting of the Christmas tree in Trafalgar Square for many years. And he was a member of the band. His name was Ken... For at least ten years, and he always played there, and uh, it was always the choir that was shown on television, but never the brass band. So that's why we give him a mention this morning, the Urkel Furniture Factory Brass Band. Do you know, I remember the time where every company had a brass band. Mm. You know, the GUS Footwear Band was one of the most famous ones, I think, and Black Dyke Mills. They were very popular as well. Uh, Darren's joined us now. Morning, Darren. Morning to you. Morning. Lovely day. It's beautiful. Very mild over here, I think, for the time of year. Well, expecting snow later, so woohoo. That's what they've said. That's what they've said. Yeah. Is, is it today, or is it going to be just later in the week? Well, I think uh, most of the country is expecting a little bit not in London, though, as usual. Yes. So expect six foot tonight. Yes, yes, imagine. <laughs> but the funny thing is, when we went to Oslo, did I mention we went to Oslo? But by the side, all the roads there were all gritted with snow, and by the side of the roads, I don't know whether the producer noticed it, they've got these, like, little silos which is where all the salt is. So they just go along and they, the salt goes on the road. We actually went into a national park to see the tree and we were going up and down here. Not once did we slide, not once did we slip. Nothing. Absolutely amazing. And how does the tree look in the living room? It's, uh, it's, well, it's, we've had to cut the top off a little bit. Mm. I've only got an eight-foot sitting room. It's a 27-foot tree. I think, Sweet. I think you'll be quite impressed. I brought with it squirrels and anything else that was nesting in it at the time. 
<laughs> Talking of Christmas, the yes. Jeffrey Museum in the Kings of the Road, they uh, decorate all the different rooms over the last four centuries uh, in the style of Christmas that's appropriate to the time. I think you should go to this, Steve. Give you some ideas. Uh, yeah, um, yes, I can't remember if I've been to the Jeffrey Museum before. It's, it, it, it is very, Road. very pretty, and I do, I do. I'm apparently quite partial to Christmas. You'd never guess, would you? Well, there's the Paddington Christmas Market as well. No doubt Paddington Bear will be there. That's oh. taking place in Norfolk Square Gardens from uh, 29th till 3rd of December. Your chance to buy all sorts of... Stuff. It's stuff that you think, oh, that's interesting. The, the Christmas Market in Oslo is not open yet. They were, they were getting it ready. Have you been to Oslo? No, not, not recently, no. Not, not, no. Uh, not since yesterday, no. We went no, okay, yesterday. Fine. But actually, the um, worst thing was, we, 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 we went past one of these shops which has got all Christmas decorations, and I, I had to keep her moving, because they thought one of the decorations had fallen off was walking off by itself. They came out to do a stock take. So I had to say, no, no, she's with me, I promise you. It's all right, she's not a decoration. OK. OK. Moving swiftly on. Charles Dickens Museum is having their Christmas exhibition. Is this one in Doughty Street? Doughty. Yeah, the one in Doughty Street, yeah. yes. Uh, run through until the new year. Um, admission is £14 to go and see this when they have their special days, which includes Christmas um, mulled wine, mince pies, and all sorts of uh, other things, including they're running a Christmas carol, the movie, so you can go watch that. God bless well. us, everyone. <laughs> My favourite line. Was that set in Oslo by any chance? <laughs> Do you know, there's, uh, there's something about snow in a forest. I could have stood there, if my feet had not been blocks of ice, I'd have stood there for a lot longer. But we, uh, we did quite well when you consider we've been probably about I'll, three I'll you, hours. I hope you, you, you pack up and you can move over there. Yeah, it's, there's some very yeah. pretty houses. We went through the district mm-hmm. of Oslo where it's all the embassies. And you can imagine years and years ago, before they were embassies, just how lovely they were as houses. Really nice. Okay. It's good. It's just not uh, busy. 600,000 people in, in Oslo. 9 million in London. Yeah, how many people in Twickenham? One less after this week, because yes. you're moving to Oslo. <laughs> yeah. Holiday home. Uh, it's only two and a half hours away. You could, you could commute every morning, couldn't you? In theory, you could. In theory, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. Uh, changing the subject slightly at the British Museum, Book of the Dead. This is their uh, massive exhibition for the year. Yes. And uh, this is the superstition that the Egyptians had, that if you bought a Book of the Dead, which uh, contained all sorts of spells, it would help you through the afterlife and have an amazing life. I had a look at it. very interesting. You, you could either have the is. one that was personalised for you, or you could buy a standard yeah. one where they just dropped your name in. Which one have you got, Steve? I've actually got the one. You, you could have a spell to make sure you breathe after you've died. <laughs> Rather helpful. And there were a couple of other spells in there, which you'll need to go and see the exhibition because we can't mention them. If you want to jump the queue uh, for the exhibition, which I think is £12 to go in, join as a friend of the British Museum and you go in straight away. Absolutely. Or um, if you don't want to do that, make make sure you book in advance because uh, tickets, especially for the weekend and the Christmas period, are selling out very quickly indeed. And finally, the Welcome Collection in the Euston Road. This Friday, they're having a late opening. Your chance to uh, meet evolution expert Christopher Saligo, and he's going to tell you how we got hands, how the human being developed hands. Mm-hmm. And also on display will be examples of handwriting uh, by Nelson. They've dug it out of the collection, so you can see some of uh, Nelson's writing. Mm. Lovely. I'm not excited by that, are you? No, not really, no. <laughs> Do you, you think uh, Nelson went to Oslo? 
I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's it's so pretty there, and it's so clean. <laughs> <sighs> Lovely. Back to bed. Speak to you later. Back to... Oslo, you say? <laughs> we'll talk to you on Sunday. Looking forward to it already. Thank you. There's Darren. He'll be back with us very shortly. 18 to 7 is the time. Jonathan? Sweltering stores are blowing a billion pounds a year. They're hotter than Jamaica. Don't shut the doors. Heating up, it's sort of all the shops on the high street and how hot they are inside and how much they spend on their heating. Oh. And the HMV has an average temperature inside of 79.5 degrees, mm. 26.5 degrees. Body shop, 76. Boots, 71 degrees. They're <laughs> boiling these shops. That is hot. And they hot. spend a billion pounds a year doing it. In New York, um, shops get fined $400 for leaving the door open if it's heated or air-conditioned really? inside. We had a very hot aeroplane the other day from Oslo. They can be hot or they can be freezing. Sometimes you get on a we, plane. We, ha- we, we, we had to be de-iced. We sat there while they were de-icing. But it was v- and I think that's why it was hot. They, 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 they made an announcement saying this was quite normal. But it was the hottest I've ever been on an aeroplane. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was good, though, actually. Uh, Geralda says the wrong side of the tracks. Who decides which side of the track is wrong? Me. <laughs> I decide. The wrong side of the tracks. It's very quaint, isn't it? We like that. We thought you'd like that, actually, dear. We thought that would appeal to your sense of, uh, of humour, which is quite funny. Um, Widdy versus Wagner. I mean, in, in, the, in the proper world, not the doolally crackpot world of Anne Widdicombe and Wagner, there is no way under God's earth that these two people can win. Oh, no. The Barmies on either show won't win. No, but the strange thing is, people are voting for... Yeah, but people are voting for them. They don't win. They never win. Wagner and... Yeah, but they're voting in such huge amounts. They are now known as Mr and Mrs Marmite of Saturday Night Television. Yeah, but we love, like, a barmy in the mix. Yeah. They won't win. Well, strangely enough, Len... Len Goodman, one of the judges, who we love dearly, says, it's a bit like going up the motorway and there's an accident on the other side. On the other side. You don't want to watch it, but you can't help yourself. Yeah. Uh, but as I say, how many times can you spin around on the floor and drop her and she can make herself look silly? I don't know. In Wagner's case, he can't sing for Toffee. Oh, he's and terrible. Yet, yeah, but the public are keeping him in. I know. They're absolutely keeping him in. I think they're going to have two evictions this week. I'm hoping one of them is Cher, who turned on the whole drama queen bit the other day. And, uh, and perhaps Katie Wasel. She's going to speak up for the Romanies, Cher. Speak um, up for the Romanies. She doesn't like what she was called. Somebody shouted a, a name at her that she, it was a derogatory term for gypsies. Is she a gypsy, then? She has gypsy heritage. Really? Yeah, so she's taken Lord. great offence at that and wants to speak on behalf of Romanies in this country. Oh. Well, we've already got a spokesman. We've got David Essex. He's a spokesman. Now I've got somebody on the one. X Factor. That'll go down well, won't yeah. it, with the rest of the country. Is she going to do it on the X Factor? Oh, I don't know. Or perhaps she'll just do it in the newspapers. Do it in the newspapers. And Katie's upset because she thinks people are being really mean to her and booing her at concerts and throwing bananas at her and she doesn't seem to understand what all the fuss is about. Well, to be honest with you... And then it... didn't she say something in the, uh, very early in the programme? You said something about her, the Jewish thing. Yes, I no, her, her, her father was in the paper last week saying the re- he, he has a shop in Pinner, apparently. Right. And he was saying the reason she's been picked on is because she's Jewish. And her I said, to be honest said with that. you, yeah. I don't think she said that, though. No, she did. Her, her father did. But we right. didn't even know... That she was Jewish. That she was Jewish. It well, never even... self-defined. No. She that hasn't come up in any... And crossed my mind at all, to be no. honest with you. I didn't think it came into it. I'm just interested in whether I think somebody's either entertaining or... Uh, or they, or they can sing. Well, and she's, sure she's he, neither. You know, he loves his daughter. He's going to defend her, isn't he, to the hilt? But it's, yeah. it doesn't. I don't think it's got anything to do with her religion at no. all, really. Well, the whole program has nothing to do with religion. It's to do whether or not they have the entertainment, the X factor. Yeah. And uh, I think most of them seem to have had breakdowns. 
you know, and arguments, and, and now, it, now it's got so silly that the judges are arguing, and Louis shouting, and, and Simon shouting at Louis, and Danny's sitting in the middle trying to pretend she doesn't really care, but she does really, and Cheryl's sitting there with her smug little look on her face, and, and frankly, I'm going to the Royal Variety this year, and uh, Cheryl Cole's on it, and I'm not really sure I can cope with that. I might just put my fingers in my ears and go, sing live! Aren't the PR people on that show good at getting the stories in the papers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What, and the X Factor? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Oh, I couldn't... As, as a programme goes, it's, it is absolutely amazing. Well, you t- the lighting is alone is stunning. Stunning. It is ab- it's, it's what you want on a programme where you've got limitless budget. You know, that would be my idea of a, of a good programme. 14 to 7. Let's have a check on the uh, news stories this morning with Peter Fenn. Programme podcasts. Go to lbc.co.uk slash podcasts. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Wednesday morning. It's LB- I forgot to say thank you to Christo at the beginning of the programme. It's only because I thought there's more chance of him being awake now. This is his first sort of proper lie-in, poor soul, since, uh, since uh, covering for Anthony and then covering for me for the last two days as well. Do you know Gilbert and George are still going? I can't believe that Gilbert and George are still going. And they've just uh, uh, collected honorary degrees. They picked up their University of East London doctorates at a ceremony at the Barbican. They're a most peculiar pair. They're very peculiar, but they're very talented. What do they do, though? They just pose. They're artists. They're artists, OK. Of course, I've said, Rose, you would do a programme on them, wouldn't you? I can only imagine. They do <laughs> for, for quite a bit large, very quite controversial, quite explicit um, paintings and pictures. Yes. When we say quite explicit, we mean... Very explicit. Lots of swear words, lots really? of um, pictures of bits of people, you know. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I don't want that kind of stuff on the programme this morning. Yeah. Um, you should have bought yourself some Ugg boots, says Paula. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm not a chav. They do do Ugg boots for men. Yeah. You could wear men's Uggs. I'd, I'm sorry. It's a joke. Ugg boots for men. That's what I should get you for Christmas. Don't, do you know, don't even think about it. Don't even, don't even entertain the idea. I wouldn't. I would no more wear Ugg boots than go hang gliding in the nude. I'm going to get you Ugg boots and, a fake, even... and a fake tan. Oh, for goodness sake! Honestly, uh, Brian says, "What was the DVD of the old newsreels?" Well, that would be Pathé, wouldn't it? Uh, Alan says, "What celebrity would you have on top of the tree this Christmas?" What celebrity would we have on top of a tree? Well, I don't know. Ollie Murs. I mean, to be honest with you, a man of his age, you know, I, I know the Essex... I'm sick to death now of men wearing hats indoors. It's happening too much. There's a bloke in JLS. I don't know which one he is, but he always wears his hat indoors. Very rude. And Ollie Murs now wears a hat indoors as well. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Stop it. And wear proper trousers, Ollie. These little tight trousers, they're for 15-year-olds. Definitely. Uh, Steve, now stay at home. Dark mornings without you is not a happy time, says Blanche. I know. It's because it's, it's dark. People don't like the dark. No. I don't mind the dark. I'm all right. Really? Yeah, I've got a torch. Mm. She's good. Uh, Mar- uh, Marina says we, we'd love a, a carnival, carnival in Finsbury Park. Yeah, so a good, good place to have it. Uh, Barbara says breakfast in Bavaria was like a dinner or supper selection of rye breads, cold meat, cheeses, fresh fruit and compote. Yeah, we had all of that. Oh, all nice, of that. Yeah. Lovely uh, buffets. Freshly brewed coffee, absolutely delicious, enough to keep you going all day. I'm looking forward to seeing your tree lit up in Trafalgar Square. Well, I'm going to be driving past it every morning. I'll be going, my tree. It doesn't work for me, that big breakfast setting you up for the day thing. I get just as hungry at lunchtime if I've had a big breakfast. Yes, I mean, sometimes... I have a huge buffet in a hotel. Yeah. I don't get to lunchtime and think, oh, I don't need lunch, I had a big breakfast. You're supposed to eat, though, because it's supposed to spread your... Sort of get your metabolism. Yes, going get, get, get your metabolism going so that you, it, it gives you that energy in the morning. I don't yeah. know if I'm walking to the bus gets my energy going in the morning, <laughs> and also sort of borderline heart attack. I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, why make a fuss with another royal wedding? Nothing lasts forever. 
with them. I think they might do it. Well, a, um, there, there is a, uh, a, a member of the clergy has just got in trouble for yes. writing something along those lines on Facebook. He said they'll only last seven years. Yeah, so Whereas I had them down for five. <laughs> but the trouble is, it's, uh, all they've started doing is comparing her to Diana. And I wish they wouldn't. No, I don't think they it's, should. It's, it's lazy, cheap, shoddy journalism. It is. And she's absolutely nothing like Diana whatsoever. No, absolutely not at all. Here's more on Claire Nazir. A real ray of sunshine. She shed more than two stone. Luckily, she's able to afford a personal trainer. Well, I say afford. It was uh, bought for her by the company doing the DVD, because that's what she's bringing out. And uh, when, when she had the picture taken in July, she said, people said I was disgusting. It was pretty heartbreaking, but made me more determined to sort myself out. No, you were, you were getting ready to launch a DVD, which is what we said at the time, and I've been proved right yet again. How do we make ourselves look more alluring and attractive? Turn the lights off. objects of desire. Turn the lights off. And beautiful. In the dark, everything. It's all about the way you tilt your head. Oh, is it? The oh. research shows. The God. secret of attractiveness is, 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 is all in a little tilt of the head. So if you're a man, apparently you get just you will drive women wild with desire if you slightly tilt your head up and look down your nose and if you're a woman according to this research you have to slightly tilt your head down yeah. and look up oh right yeah. assuming of course that the man is taller than you oh yeah because otherwise you might be looking up whereas in fact he's sort of you know down there somewhere yeah so so how so how how is, is this for women or for men well there is a different tilt for men right. should put their head back a bit chin okay. up and look down your nose and women should put their oh, heads forwards and sort of look up a bit with big doughy eyes. Right. I mean, Why do all women have doughy eyes? Cliché, doesn't it? But it's, um, it's, uh, it, well, oh, actually, it's an Australian piece of research. Oh, that's rubbish then, isn't it? Straight away, we don't care about that. That's Australians. I'm very sorry to have even mentioned it. <laughs> uh, Mylene Class is very excited. She's waiting for uh, baby number two. Oh, very, very Baby nice. number two at the moment. And she's planning outfits... Her siblings. Lots of celebrity babies around at the moment. Amelia Fox has been pictured with her oh, new little lummy. baby. They've all got babies, haven't they? They've all got, They've babies. All got babies. So uh, that, that's what's roughly in the uh, in the papers this morning. Uh, whether or not you decide whether it's Widdy or Wagner remains to be seen. And to be honest with you, neither, as far as I'm concerned, because neither. I mean, she, as, as they've said in the papers, and she said it before, she can't dance and he can't sing. They're both absolutely. But useless. they're both in. One's in a dancing programme and one's in a singing programme. I suppose next year, I mean, I, I, I do despair as to what the next programme is for Anne Whittacombe. I don't know what down-market reality show she'll be going for next. She's done so many, hasn't she, really? She, and that's all she's done, actually. She's this is about the most up-market one she's another. done. It is, yeah. I was waiting... But, I mean, you can't really have sort of the Anne Whittacombe travel log because when you see her away from her sort of what she calls dressing up for the House of Commons, um, she just looks like... Well... Subo. <laughs> Super. I don't want to be rude, but she does. I mean, you're never going to go, oh, let's follow Anne Whittacombe on a, on a travel, you know. Anne Whittacombe treks through the Himalayas. Yeah. No, she Anne doesn't. Anne Whittacombe goes down the Nile. That's right. Anne Whittacombe on Machu Picchu. <laughs> you know, I quite like this idea. Uh, Cheryl is the chosen one. Everybody's furious, apparently. Um, Cher Lloyd and Cheryl uh, were, last night, facing claims the X Factor is being fixed for them to win. Well, it's up to the public. It's Louis's always complained about things, and yeah. Danny has too. I don't think Cher's going to win. Do you not? No, I think the public have... The press and the public have slightly turned on her a little bit. Well... I think it's going to be Matt Cardor. You think? Or One Direction. Well, it can't be One Direction. I please, it please it's well Matt Cardor. Oh, dear. Yes, I'm, I'm a feeling you might be right. Uh, Dom Jolly and Stacey Solomon yesterday joined the four celebs, hoping to win immunity uh, from the first ever vote. And already Cheryl Gascoigne is uh, wearing all these bikinis. Cheryl, love... 
don't. She's okay. a very minor Thank character you. in the show, Cheryl Gascoigne. She's hardly spoken. Oh, she's an irritant. An irritant. Tom Jolly's quite funny. Yes, well, he was about 30 years ago, but yeah. I, mean, I don't think funny anymore. So Stacey's in there because she's just... That's sort of ditzy. She is completely ditzy. Sweet, though. Yes, sweet if you like that kind of thing. And um, and Gillian McKeith, fall in a puddle, as far as I'm concerned. Mad as a brush. Uh, Mad as a brush. In fact, even madder. Not that we think brushes, you know, equal rights for brushes nowadays. I don't (laughs) want to sort of, you know, malign brushes. And, uh, And could Jordan ever be on the radio? Dear Lord above, I do hope not. Not with a ghastly voice like that. But apparently they are thinking about it. Yes, thinking. Um, unfortunately, she has to be intelligent on it, so I don't think that's going to happen any time this side of Christmas. And, uh, and that's just about it. Have you got a very quick one? You've got a little one. Well, as they say, rail fares are going oh, up. There's, that's a depressing um, thing to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> rail fares are going up. Rail fares are going up. Poor, it's a terrible story about Korea being on the brink of war. Yes, uh, but let's hope it doesn't escalate into a full-blown conflict. Absolutely. There've been lots of little local skirmishes there for a long time, haven't there? So hopefully, yes. it's just another one of those. Well, let's hope that the student demonstration passes off peacefully today. If you keep tuned to LBC, we'll bring you up to date with all the road closures, the travel, where it's moving to, where it's going from. My advice is stay out of the uh, of the centre of London today. Just in case, you know, best to say out, keep listening to the radio and we'll bring you up to date with everything else. Thank you very much indeed, Jonathan. Thank you very much and see you next week. Jonathan's got a very busy day today. I'm back with you tomorrow morning between five and seven. Don't forget to podcast the programme, check on the blog and we'll let you know if the photos go up. Probably tomorrow, I would think. I'll, I'll have a word with the, with the powers that be. Nick and team with you after the news at seven o'clock this morning. Before all of that, the business update with Peter.